podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. How much does the chimney cost? Nothing. It's on the house. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I like that as well. Although um, listeners won't have heard that you were debating how you were going to tell that joke. Yeah, because I've just bought a new flat. I thought maybe I was going to make it a thing of like it was part of the transaction, but I just was like, I'll just fall over over the telling of it. A bit like I fell over the telling of this bit. <laughs> so I thought I'd just tell the joke as is. Good call. Yeah. No, I'm glad, what, glad you liked it. What I really enjoyed about that, Nate, that performance was that you laughed before you told the joke. Yeah. So I knew it was going to be good. That's I the thing, know. I think. With me, I do tend to do that quite a lot. And, you know, because you, you have to listen to a joke in your head. You have to play it in your head once. And I thought that one, I, th- I feel like it ticks all the boxes we like in here. It's, you know, it's simple. Boom. It Solid. ticks all, well, almost all of the boxes, Nate. Almost all of the boxes. This is the key question. How many boxes did it tick for Lawrence Barretto? That's the only thing that really matters in this world of ours. It ticked, Nate, nine out of ten boxes. Wow. <laughs> Really? That is, I, that, I, I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was going to be up there. That's I loved amazing. It. I loved it. I got it straight away. So that's key. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Um, I found, I will definitely use that joke as my own at some point in my life. Perfect. And I, la- and I laughed at straight away. So it was, uh, it was brilliant. Oh, sweet. Well, that, uh, that's a nice surprising start to the podcast. I'm impressed. Welcome to The Paddock, a podcast featuring stories following Formula One around the world. I'm Lawrence Barretto, senior writer at F1.com. And I'm Chris Medland, F1 correspondent at Racer. And I'm Nate Saunders from ESPN.com. And we have a fan, guys. We have a fan who wrote One whole fan. Yeah. Um, but this is an important review as well, so I uh, I feel Ooh. like I need to share this because from... there's, there's a demand in here. It's from Con Condell from Canada. Oh, when you said it was important, I thought maybe it was going to be from like Ross Braun or <laughs> Stefano no, Micali or something. Wor- not to, not to, this. not to, you know, not to kind of dunk on the guy who did send it. What was the person's name? Con Condell. Was I don't know name? Con Condell. Uh, well, <laughs> you should because well, they we, listen we, to you. We will now. Um, Far away. And they say from Canada, hey guys, love the podcast. Thank you. Uh, I've listened to the entire back catalogue over the last week and it's made my work much more enjoyable. Um, so I feel for them that their work must really, really not be <laughs> enjoyable. Uh, and the last part says, can't wait for them to keep coming. Also, still waiting for Nate's OnlyFans. Whoa. Oh, my word. Are you sure? I mean, I can I can it. confirm on this podcast that that is never going to happen <laughs> uh, in a million years. Um, I only just about know what happens on OnlyFans. Uh, and I don't think it's something that I would be very good at anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think I don't think there'd be much market for me there anyway, just from what I've heard about it. Um, but, you know, it's good that people are thinking about it, I guess. <laughs> um, and yeah, there is please... a market if they're thinking. Yeah, well, about there's it. one. Well, maybe there you go. If 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 we have 10 requests for OnlyFans next week, then maybe I'll have to start be like, well, hang on. There's a market here. I know what you guys are thinking. I'm not setting an OnlyFans up. <laughs> 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 Fast forward to two weeks. I'm like, hi, guys. I've just set up my OnlyFans account. <laughs> I was thinking 10 is very gettable, Nate, when you said yeah. that. Well, I feel like it might be. There's just going to be tweets now, isn't there? Like, out of context. I'm going to tweet something. Someone's going to be like, where's the OnlyFans account? And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I, am, I am tweeting <laughs> what, what, as what we speak. What will people say? Um, 
to be fair, that was a very much a Barreto moment where he's like, oh, well, if we raise loads of money, I'll shave my head. It's like, well, what's loads of money? Oh, like 500 quid. It's like, I'll pay that right now to see you <laughs> shave your head. Um, I'm glad I didn't have to. Thank you, everyone, for donating because I needed that money. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's, uh, there's our, our fun review since the last time we did some talking to each other. So uh, Ooh, pretty good. Nate, Thank find, you very much. Find it. What, what a review. That's great. I'm pretty, I'm pretty blown away by that suggestion, to be honest with you. Um, so thanks to Con, was it Con Condell? Con Condell. Con Condell. Thanks, man. Or, yeah. or, or woman. Could be anyone. Who knows? Yeah. Now, I reckon, Nate, this is, we're approaching the part of the show which has become my favorite part. Of this the is show. better than OnlyFans, I think. This is better than me doing an OnlyFans. <laughs> I think this might review. be the best thing that Nate's ever done. <laughs> ever. And I mean, and I yeah. mean that as a compliment. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. I mean, we have known each other for a long time. I feel like this is a sad thing to be my best. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, you know, I'll take the compliment. <laughs> now I feel bad. I do like the that. fact that you guys don't listen to it until we do the podcast as well. I feel that adds some authenticity to everything. Yeah, I've just had to download it. I haven't even downloaded it yet. Here we go. Um, the the 60-second review from the French Grand Prix. Is everyone ready for it? Um, can't wait. We need an intro, like a sting, don't we? Like a little intro for this. Ooh, Although I, yeah. do, I do do a little one, but I feel like we can have a musical, little musical number. Well, what would be right now if I asked you to do an intro, intro it like in a quirky way, how would you do it? What's your, what's your jingle? Well, if you listen to this one, there is a little one, but I'd be like uh, 60 seconds. It's the 60 second review time for races. Oh my God. <laughs> let's, let's, let's work let's on just it. Listen let's work it. on it. Okay, here's the review for Borgar. 60 seconds of what was a pretty good race, actually, for such a bad circuit. <clears throat> Here we go. Me, 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 me. Verstappen, Supermax. Hamilton, soft defending. Fishing rod emoji. Perez, really, really looking good. Sergio, keep it up. Bottas, pit me, baby, one more time. Norris, doesn't love Gasly. Ricardo, that's better. Gasly, we still love Gasly. Alonso, uh, two-time world champion. I don't have much else to say. Uh, Vettel and Stroll, long stints. Signs, uh, Russell was 12th. Uh, Yuki Sonono no 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 came back again. Uh, Ocon, uh, Giovinazzi, uh, Leclerc. Uh, what happened to Ferrari? Question mark. Perché? Perché Ferrari? Um, Kimi Raikkonen, I think, hit Leclerc at one point. So bad Kimi. Latifi was also there uh, in 18th. Pretty solid. And bringing up the rear, Schumacher and everybody's favourite Russian, Nikita Mazepin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, I also love the fact that yeah, you had to work hard for it this week because everybody finished. So you no retirements. Like, yeah. yeah, usually, usually the end you can kind of it get, gathers a bit of speed because you've got two or three people that didn't finish. Um, yeah. yeah, thoughts. I feel like it wasn't as dramatic as everyone made out. It was a decent race, but not a huge amount happened. You know, so. well, it was exciting and tense, but yeah, it was a lot of kind of waiting for it to happen or close racing where there wasn't actually battling going on with like the guys at the front. So it was really like enjoyable but when you want to yeah break it down into a 60 second review it's kind of less there was less actual massive flashpoints although i saw the fishing rod emoji came out for lewis hamilton this time are you just going after the multiple world champions and trying to really yeah. annoy their <laughs> yeah fans? so I've, I've got i've got to get vettel next yeah um and kimmy's only won one title hasn't he so maybe he doesn't maybe he doesn't get it in the way. there's a fishing but, uh, rod emoji already <laughs> yeah, exactly <yeah. laughs> throwing them all over the place no but so on the fishing rod emoji thing, I just want to shout out how good Nico Rosberg was just being complete heel against Mercedes on the Sky Sports coverage at the weekend. I don't know how many people get the, the world feed worldwide, but I know people on ESPN would have would have got it as well. 
Um, and yeah, just every opportunity he got, he was just like, yeah, this was bad from Lewis, or this was bad from Bottas, or this was bad from Mercedes. Oof. And then when he he did a stand up interview with Toto later, and Wolf was like, we paid you so much money over your career, and you you know he was kind of joking, but there was like a part of him like, dude, stop, what are you what are you doing? And was Horner he really was laying into loving. him then? Was he really laying into? Take he was in. just he was i think he was just having a bit of he was having fun clearly you couldn't see okay. with the mask on but i feel like he he was saying it kind of in jest but also i think he was just kind of pushing the boundaries a bit but yeah i thought it was i thought it was great fun i like it when that happens because it Be wasn't fair. it wasn't unwarranted either it was fair to say that you know it wasn't yeah. like he was just doing like a jack villeneuve or eddie irvine just say the first thing that came to his head he was like this is actually a fair criticism yeah, to be fair, I was going to say, like, Rosberg always had this air of thinking he was smarter than everyone when he was driving, yeah. when he was doing, like, yeah, interviews and things time. and dealing with the media. And I think he still carries a little bit of that over into the punditry, but that actually works well for him because it makes him quite entertaining. When he so. also, so on Rosberg, he does still, he thinks he's very funny as well, and I don't think he's as funny as he thinks he is because when he, <laughs> he interviewed Lando and Gasly after, they were, like, put at the pad together and he was trying to make jokes they're both just looking at him like dude what what are you doing like this <laughs> shut up leave, leave us alone um but no yeah very entertaining hopefully not as entertaining as the 60 second review um i don't know if these are going to get a 10 out of 10 from anyone but i would rather do these for the rest of my life than do one only fans just to clarify back to that point <laughs> i mean you've brought it up so we were gonna let it go but if you keep mentioning only fans nate there's clearly a desire for you to do it yeah we'll be split next week people will turn this podcast on it'll be like sponsored by only <laughs> Seriously, anyone sponsor us. Please, yeah. um, send us free stuff. Yeah, or money, or I don't know. Just any excuse for Nate to read out something in uh, advertile. <laughs> advertile? Advertorial stand. That's why you won't read them out, Metas. I was trying to say there. advertorial style, and I just couldn't make words work. So it's been tough. All right, I got back from France yesterday. I've got to go to Austria Aww. tomorrow. We'll do oh. everything today. Aww, oh, Chris. Everyone yeah. listening oh, to you who's been stuck at home for what, 25 <laughs> years, I know. or however long it's been. I'll tell you what, has I am, to quarantine for a day. I'm about to rant. Well, 10 days when I get back for the next one. But I, was, I am going to slightly rant because Nate gave us some very good news um, just before we start recording that he is hopefully getting his second jab tomorrow, was it? Yes, Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, so he will be fully protected from this. He'll be double dosed. This thing. Uh, but because I started traveling again, what, May, uh, that's just when it opened up for my age group to get my first dose. And it meant I couldn't get it because I was away. And then I couldn't get it because I was quarantining when I came back. So the window for me to get my first one got pushed back by like best part of a month. So I'm like four weeks behind the curve. And now it means I'm four weeks later getting my second one than I would have been. And they're looking like they might then open up travel stuff a little bit easier for people who have been double jabbed. And I'm like, but because I travel, I couldn't get my two jabs. So Oh, the irony. If we travel together, I'm going to point at you and be like, can everyone check this guy's had double jabs? Because I'm not getting on a plane with anyone who has only had half the vaccinations I've had. So... None of you guys are going to travel with me. Whenever that's close, isn't it? Have you had your second yet? No, um, I was supposed to. I got offered it next week, but I can't do it next week because I'm still in Austria. So I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to get my second one. Um, ideally, as soon as I get back, I guess, and out of quarantine. Um, because yeah, I think I'd be quite keen to get this double vaccination as soon as possible for the for the travel freedoms because anything to get out of the quarantine, um, that we have to do when we get back to races. I was thinking about working out how many days I've actually got freedom during the year if you take away the amount of time you're away plus the five days at the end. And I thought that would depress me too much. So I opted not to do that. Good. Sensible. Um, plus, you know, people will be rightly saying, as Nate hinted at, that 
oh poor you guys you get to travel around and go to formula one races and if you're Lawrence Barretta you get to you know stand on a truck and talk to some drivers before the race and start being an absolute baller um 15 000 people were listening to you and if i can offer my feedback i feel like Uh-oh. you underestimated the length of the circuit because i saw things speed up towards the end of that lap no well it's not me i don't control the speed of the trucks chris the trucks went know. too quickly no so we do on two nights before we did a, a dummy run where we would get on the trucks um with a producer and the producer pretends to be the driver i'm doing the interview and, and i've got a director in my ear and we go around the truck the track to see, see how long it takes and we went around way too quickly the first time around so we did a second lap and went much slowly much more slowly oh, i can't speak guys slowly yeah uh, it's a good job <laughs> you don't do these yeah it's a good job these aren't broadcast uh, interviews that are going out live to all the paying punters at the circuit isn't it basically i ensure that i speak properly for a very short amount of time when it's important and the rest of the time i'm just in relax mode you said we're not important oh oh no, that <laughs> nate right um, we'll, we'll start uh, that you know i love you guys week, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the driver's parade Laz, yes. uh mm-hmm. the drivers seemed really pumped and L- lewis especially was like this is this is the best thing ever yeah um, so so this year really really cool to see at least when I've engaged with him, this was the most pumped, energetic, feverish that he's been all year. Um, we often see him talking about, you know, thanking the fans. It's great that they're there and stuff. But he did seem like he had like some energy running through him physically uh, when he was on the truck. And that went for all of the drivers on there. So that was only the second time this year that we've done a, a truck driver's parade type thing. The rest of the time it's been in pit lane and there isn't the same buzz in the pit lane that you get when you're on the truck a i think because it's just quite cool to be on a truck moving around the circuit but b and most importantly it's because the fans were there um and this in france they were they were properly pumped a lot of them had french flags everyone was standing up shouting we got to certain grandstands where you could hear certain fans shouting out names which i always think is quite impressive because they must have quite booming voices and so the drivers really responded um really well to that so it was yeah i think that might have been the coolest thing i've ever done getting to talk to the drivers because you get them in the moment of time at a sporting event where they're kind of trying to g themselves up anyway because they're about to go and do the thing they've been paid to do and waiting to do all weekend and very rarely if ever do i think i've ever had a chance to talk to a driver that close to a grand prix Mm. so the way that they are they're they're slightly different more pumped more focused not less jokey but you can just see that they've, there's lots of things going on in their head at that point in time and so when they're waving or if they've got music on or they're just messing around on their phones you can see that the process to start in the race has already begun and just to be able to be up close and to see that happening and I think that's probably why you don't often see them chatting because on the track tour that I did on I was track number one so I had Mercedes McLaren, Aston Martin, Alfa Romeo and Williams there wasn't actually much chat between them um, beyond when they kind of caught up before they got on the track and when they were waving to fans. The rest of the time, they were either listening to the music kind of away with the fairies or just messing around on their phones. So I think that's quite, it's quite an interesting time for them during the weekend. So that was, I was quite surprised by that. I thought they'd be chatting and shooting the breeze um, much more than evidently they had to um, until, of course, they had to come up and talk to me. So, um and they were very relaxed, you know, guys like Sebastian Vettel, who I know they don't they don't often enjoy doing these interviews because it's, you're asking often the same question you've asked them maybe beforehand. But this is to a completely different audience. And 
all of them just understood what you know that there would be tons of people watching everyone's excited by the race they really bought into that even when they were doing a little bit in their own language as well um although having said that when we got the when we got to the end because the truck sped up quite significantly through the final section is this so gonna went, be kimmy yes this is kimmy. <laughs> i saw kimmy so i so i think i asked lewis four or five questions at the end because the director just kept saying to me you know keep asking questions and then we got halfway around. He was like, oh, we're running out of track, aren't we? So then it was like one question, own language, one question, own language. So we had to try and get through them all before they got off the truck. Because mainly because as soon as the truck stops, they want to get off the truck. So we pulled up onto the starting grid, just came up to the lights and I hadn't done Kimmy yet. So Kimmy came up to me and was like, I've been told just one question. So we'll just do one question. So I asked him one question in English. And I said, oh, before you go, can, can you do something in your own language because it's technically the same question and he was like i, I don't know he said three words to me maybe maybe four uh, <laughs> and it was moving before it even started the first word in finish i was off and out of the track and stuff so he probably thought he was quitting and got away with the whole tour without having to do an interview i imagine that was one of kimmy's dreams that morning not to have to do another interview and you shattered that dream <laughs> sector. he was I like did. i've got away with it I've got away with it. F1, I finally learned I don't want to talk to anyone. And he gets a tap and on the shoulder. And they're like, Kimmy, you've got you've got to do one question. And he's like, ah, so no good. wonder he hit the clerk. He was he was like fried by that. He just had got himself into the right zone and then that was broken by Beretta. But I think the four words he gave were like, We will see what happens. And then <laughs> um, so MTV in Finland, you are welcome for that great insight brought to you by Lawrence Beretto's probing questions. Which went, and in your own language? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which, to be fair, that's the trickiest part, I think, of that. But I feel like if there's one thing that um, we need to do as like, English speakers when we're asking for stuff in someone's own language is to actually ask them a question rather than just say, speak in your own language. Yeah. That must be really hard. If someone says to you, if I went to you now, speak. Okay, there yeah, it's hard. Yeah, that <laughs> is weird, hard. It? But then I also think, a fair few of them, uh, people like Pierre, Esteban, Carlos, they just repeat the same, the first question, they just repeat it. They're so switched on, they can just repeat the same question, uh, answer back in, in their own language and stuff. So, Valtteri um, did the same, I think, for you, didn't he? I seem to remember. I thought that looked like Val- it was quite smooth. I often think that Valtteri in Finnish is better than what he is in English to me because his answer goes on for much longer. He's, he's more um, energetic. Um, uh, obviously, I don't know what he's saying. It, th- this is on me, really, to learn Spanish, French, German, Italian, Finnish, Finnish. Russian, Japanese. So just the seven languages. That's I'm definitely on you. Is that all no, of them? That's, definitely, that's yeah. definitely something you should be doing. <laughs> Unprofessional that you haven't so far. I'm trying to make sure that you have listed I them think, all there. I think I've listed them all. Um, yeah. You, no, you, I said, I you said Spanish, didn't you? Yeah. So what do you say? Spanish, French, German, Italian, Italian Japanese, Russian. Russian finish yeah that's everything i think yeah said canadian as well you didn't say you didn't uh, say dutch <gasps> ah, dutch, dutch. Yeah. dutch. our championship leader i was waiting Sorry. i was like they're gonna they're gonna realize were gonna you realize. or were you just taking that long to work out as well like us <laughs> no i was definitely i definitely realized ahead of time let's yeah. uh let's let's stop dwelling on on me um <laughs> <laughs> you guys. um yeah uh the dutch one is definitely the one you should be learning because it looks like max is uh going to be around for a little while i would say that he 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 knows doesn't he this year right now that this is his year that he could actually do it did you get the feeling being there from tv it seemed like this was the race that like 
Red Bull have known they've got a good car, but this seemed like the race when all of them suddenly think, like, guys, we could actually, we could actually do this this year. I feel like until this point, they've they've thought like, yeah, we could. Now they're thinking like, this is definitely like, this is ours. If we get everything right, this is our title. I got that impression on the TV. Yeah. So on Thursday, I spoke to Max, and he reckoned that he could win the race this weekend. But aside from the fact that. Mercedes had dominated there. I think Lewis had pretty much led every lap there beforehand. Except so one, that, where the oh, except uh, talk, one. talkative Finn, Kimi Raikkonen, had led oh, one whole lap. Well, there, you there you go. Stats. stats. As you were. <laughs> a lot of Kimi I... in this episode. A lot of Kimi in this episode. <laughs> That's good, because there's a lot of Kimi fans out there. That's true. Yeah, and, and Nate like, like threw them a fishing rod emoji by saying that he wasn't worthy of... That's getting true. a fishing run emoji. I do have a. I mean, I did name. Title. I did name my cat Kimmy when I was sixteen. So uh, I'm not a complete hater. And fish, uh, a favorite food of cats. So I don't, <laughs> know, I don't know. I don't know what that link means. But uh... <laughs> anyway, Barretto, <laughs> please save the pod and take it back to you. Go back to Max. Yeah, and um, I didn't. I wasn't sure if that was just overconfidence um, or whether they genuinely felt that that was the case. But um, as over the course of the weekend, and you saw Max's. Um, confidence build I always can tell with the way that he answers questions whether he thinks it's going to be a good weekend or not and from Friday you could see that he he knew that the car that they had was capable of winning the race and if it wasn't he reckoned he could have added that extra bit that you need if you're a talented driver to make the difference and I think that you're right everyone's left France now thinking that not only like Mercedes have been saying it all year but I do think that Red Bull have got the best package now and I do think that Max is arguably driving better than he ever has done. And cumulatively, that probably means that they are now potentially favourites for the title. I can see them running away with it as well at this point. Like, I know we were talking about it going to the wire, but you know, if they just keep winning races, it doesn't take long to... And now that Perez is driving like he is, I think that's quite a big factor too. I think that's quite key is the Perez element because mm. he was he he was in the window, wasn't he? That yeah. meant that Mercedes couldn't do what they wanted to do. Well, he backed them into a corner, and that's why, I mean, Max drove incredibly well, but the fact that Mercedes really couldn't react to anything was because Perez was there. So I think I think that's, and we've been saying that all year, haven't we? So it's good that that's actually come off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you've got to look, though, that like Merck pushed Red Bull hard. Like, Lewis made it, kind of made it work, his strategy, and he'd been pushing Max hard for a number of laps, and it was enough that it was basically putting Max in a position where he thought, I'm not going to make the end on these tyres. And I'm going to need to do something different, and they might undercut us. Like it was, they were that was such on a knife edge. Like if Lewis Pitt won up earlier, then that he's well in that race as well. There's every chance that he comes back at Max because he pushed him so hard on his tires at the start. So I don't think it's. I think it's really impressive that Red Bull won it because it was one of those that teeters on the edge, and up to now has always gone Merck's way. They've just kind of even if they haven't nailed everything, Red Bull have then not managed to get the job done in those scenarios up to now. They've only really won them when they've been outright quickest. Whereas that was the one where they were marginally quicker. Merck put them under a lot of pressure and they still found a way to get it done, which I think just bodes really well. I think it is still going to go long. I'd be surprised if um if it's wrapped up easily. But because Bottas was still in there as well for a good old spell. And and Merck were like egging him on, telling him like keep this up, we're enjoying this, like keep pushing the two in front of you. Whereas then when his tires fade at the end and they're like, oh, like that, you know, that's not gone well. And he's annoyed, effing and blinding on the radio because he said it was a two stop. But he was told by them, we're going to stop once and you're going to push hard at the start of your second stint. It's like kind of that backed him into a corner. But until then, he was right in there too. So I think that was what was really good about this race was having all four cars up there mm-hmm. influencing the race 
kind of making it hard for each other and making it that you didn't really know how it's going to all end up because Valtteri held Max off for longer than Lewis managed to. And then Checo, like, could at one point I thought was going to threaten Lewis, but then Valtteri held him up long enough as well to make sure that once he got through Valtteri. Oh. Hey, Monty. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh. So um, apparently I don't know what I'm talking about. That's what the dogs say. Uh, <laughs> Clever dog. Monty, Monty agrees with me. He thinks they're going to run away with it. Yeah, he does. Looks like it. Um, well, I guess I guess that's me told. But yeah, um, I, they kind of all influenced each other's race, didn't they? Which was was pretty cool, actually, which we haven't had for a long time. And I think that that bodes pretty well for the next couple of races in Austria, both in Austria. Um, Medlin, you're coming back out for the first Austria, is that right? And you were in France and spent a day in the UK. So it sounds a bit mental for you. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it's annoying the dog because it keeps barking quietly. Um, but uh, yeah, I was I made it out to France last week, just did the race as normal. And then you could have could have gone straight to Austria, but there's like an Austria travel ban that ends, it ended on Sunday. So could fly direct from the UK. And, and the quarantine in the UK, you only have to do until you leave, obviously. Uh, so I came back to help look after a puppy and to change over clothes and things that yeah i know you appreciate it i get it so yeah because of stuff like that it's like better get back uh so i had to come and get a covid test today quarantine the rest of the time and then fly out tomorrow for austria one but i'm not staying for austria two because if i did that then with the quarantine on the end of that that's four whole weeks of being like locked in the house whereas that's what you get bretto isn't it Mm -hmm. that is what i've got yeah but the good news is guys and i know this is high up on your agenda is that i'll be free by the time it's my birthday so you know swings and roundabouts it's it is, it's right up there in terms of <laughs> importance priorities just below football coming home um but i <laughs> yeah i got meddling. back to that as well tonight uh well yeah but you have to watch it inside because you're quarantining on my own as well sorry yeah, just me and sorry. the dog but, um uh, medland I wanted to ask you whether life as a written media journalist has improved since they've let you back into the paddock. 100%. Um, this is where we really make Nate feel like shit, but sorry, Nate, it's way better. Like, I really enjoyed Monaco, really enjoyed uh, France this week. It just felt a lot more normal. Um, you get to, like, it's things like doing the mix zone after the race as well. Like, it's not the, quite the TV, it's similar to the TV pen, but also without a camera, but you're getting drivers cycle through. And because you're in a bit of a bigger group there's probably about six or seven of you sometimes smaller but um there's there's a few of you asking one driver a bunch of questions and they'll stay for four or five minutes and run through their race and other topics so it's quite a good way of getting uh, immediate reaction and speaking to guys again so that's been really good catching up with people um and just getting off record stuff like talking to some team members about the Pirelli drama um on Thursday and the technical directive that came out and things like that you could go into the paddock and have these clandestine chats that we haven't been able to do for over a year. So it really helps um, kind of feel connected again and actually do the job. So it's been much better. France was a bit of a bummer in that. So we have to abide by the local law as well as what the FIA and F1 put in places like rules. And as Lawrence, you well know, you have to wear your mask at all times at the track when you're even outside. Mm -hmm. But the FIA rule for us when we're in the media center is when you sat at your desk, you can take it off because the desks are socially distanced. So you're sat there working at your workstation. You don't have to wear your mask. But as soon as you get up from your desk or if you go and talk to someone else, you have to put it back on. But in France, the rule uh, changed on Thursday where you didn't need to wear a mask outside, as in in the country. But because we have the F1 rules, we still needed to do that at the track. But indoors, you have to wear a mask at all times. It doesn't matter where you are. So 
we had to wear our masks at our desks as well, which meant when you added them together, from the second you got out of your car at the track in the morning to the second you got in your car at the end of the day, you had to wear your mask. Um, the only time you could take it off was to eat or drink. So I had a lot of coffee, let's put it that <laughs> way. Um, but yeah, it, it, it wasn't terrible in the end. But yeah, that was just one of those where as it was all getting easier and you're getting a bit more relaxed and enjoying it. And then someone very strict came up and shouted at us for not having our masks on at our desks and told us to do that. But yeah, it's been, it's been good. It's been really good. Looking forward to getting uh, like everyone back to things, getting Nate to, is it Silverstone? Hopefully Nate, that will have so. you. With Fingers us. crossed. So yeah. Three races away. So yeah, yeah I'm buzzing because my last race was Austin 2019. So it feels like a long, long time ago. Yeah. It's only now, it's only since Monaco that, you've actually missed anything at the track mm-hmm. from a print mm. journalist point of view. Um, and I know you've had your colleague Lawrence go into, mm. go into the last two, well, Monaco and France. Um, and he's on my flight to Austria as well. Um, but he's not a part-timer like me and he's doing both Austrias. So um, Barretto, you get Edmondson's company for that one, but um, you only get half of mine, I'm afraid. <laughs> Silverson will be mega as well if they've got, it sounds like they'll have quite a lot of fans there. And just being at events at the moment where there's fans is just, like you said, Barretto, just kind of amazing. So actually to be there, I don't think I've been in a, at a place that has that many people like yeah, <laughs> condensed really good into one place. So that'll be fun. It's going to be a full house, isn't it? Um, we did an interview with Jean Todd in, um, in Paul Ricard and he said, so it's a full house for the second Austria race. And then he said it looks like being full house as well for Silverstone. So I think there are fans, like a good amount of fans for the first Austria, but there's there's still like some limitation that gets lifted in between the two races. So um, yeah, we're about to get some some big old crowds again, which is going to be awesome. Because France was cool anyway. I mean, you must have been, like you said, Bretto, just getting to like connect with the fans by doing the driver parade and things must have been very cool. Yeah, I think I just feel the vibe is starting to change. I feel like we're 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 on an upward trajectory now everyone's feeling a bit better about things they feel like things are starting to open up and we're on that path that just having fans back just meant that it felt like we were in an event like a proper sporting occasion again not just a, a, a glorified test session essentially so I think that was great I think more people in the paddock uh, you know you guys back in there it just felt a bit more normal and just by having more people to chat to people are happier I think and I, I do think that with more fans coming back and, you know, like you said, at Silverstone and hopefully there'll be more media will be able to go to more events, that kind of thing. The, the more that things can't kind of snowball, I think the more that um, we can be excited about the fact that life will be back to normal, hopefully not too far away. Yeah, fingers crossed. We'll get a we'll get Nate out there. Nate will be able to go like to races more than I will soon because he's with his double jab and he'll be able to just travel and come <laughs> home and go back to his new flat and do yeah. what he wants. Everything's coming up Nate, isn't it? Everything is coming up Nate. There's a podcast we... title. Everything's coming up Nate. <laughs> <laughs> and we might even be able to do a podcast together, guys. Like when we That's the dream. The that's that's going to be... Room. When you said priorities, like for me, that is the one I, f- I feel will be, will be big. will be us doing the first live p- pad hoc. I think that would be cool. And then I also think we should evolve into doing a, a live pad hoc with people there like an audience oh my word what that would be that would be cool wouldn't it like we're so we're just chatting and then we've got people who have come hopefully real life people to us yeah real life people so we can see them we can see them not enjoying the podcast in my (laughs) in real life i don't want to do that (laughs) see them not laugh at my joke (laughs) so i've been uh approached to do some stuff on twitch and was going to give that a go soon and one thing they say about it is like podcasting live on Twitch. So maybe 
if we don't get to do something impersonal together, if we're doing one of these, I need to work out the technical details of how I do it. But maybe we'll do a, a Twitch live pad hoc recording where people can see all the swearing and weird stuff that goes on in between the bits that make the actual final cut. What I love about Medland is he knows about all of these new technological things. And I am just old. and I just allow him to tell me what's new and what's cool. You know, like we did Clubhouse recently. Um, <laughs> now we're talking well. about Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't think I've ever, apart from Lando cutting his hair on Twitch, I don't think I've spent much time on it um, thereafter. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, plenty of ideas then, guys. Um, let's leave it there. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. And thanks to everyone who's listening. Please remember to hit subscribe and follow us on our social media channels on Twitter and on Facebook. You can read Chris's work on Mesa.com, Nate's work on ESPN.com and my work on F1.com. Let's do this again sometime. Let's do it again next week. Oh, yes. Yeah, triple header. Boom. Boom. Network.